0: Well, uh, we're going to take the rest of December and we're going to look at the lyrical content of a few of the Christmas carols we sing. I can't recall who said it, but I know it's been said that we lie, we lie more in the songs that we sing than in the words that we say. Too often we sing emotionally, too often we sing with little to no thought of what we're claiming in a song, the melody is catchy, and so we sing it. And I think with an understanding of what we're singing about, we're only going to sing all the more loudly, and so my prayer uh, is it after the next few times together or over the next few times together that our hearts will align with our heads as we think about lyrics. And I hope that our singing becomes powerfully authentic in the process in the Christmas season. Uh, I wish we had time to take every Christian song, or rather Christmas song. We don't, so we're taking four and we'll begin with the most popular Christmas carol on the tw- uh, of the 20th century. Any Ideas, any takers? Not Mary Did You Know, although that one has become popular. Not Silent Night. Oh, Holy Night, no. Joy to the world. That is correct. Jocelyn is our winner. Give it up for Jocelyn. (laughs) I, I you, get this, you get the sense that I'm a brilliant pastor in talking about the song that we sang this morning, but in actuality, um, I prepared in no way to line those tunes up. Adam, you must have been listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit. A great pastor would have done that. I did not do that, but coincidentally, we had Joy to the World with a sermon on Joy to the World, and whoever's leading worship next week, uh, Go to the Mountain, is my next plan. So if that's of any consequence, and you can work that in, I'll tell you now. Wonderful. I suppose I should also apologize for starting a Christmas series in the middle of December. Normally, we go at the beginning. I didn't want to start and immediately leave the book of Romans, which we're only three chapters into. Um, Wasn't it wonky, too, this year, how close December was to Thanksgiving? You know, it was just like right away. You know, usually there's this waiting in, we feel, but... um, I don't know about you, but the expectation of, like, being in the Christmas spirit for, like, five to six weeks is overwhelming to me. Like, I just want to have, if I can do it for 14 days or 10 days, I'm in. But, gosh, that's a long time uh, to be in the right mood, right? Um, but we, we are, are nearing the, uh, the Christmas uh, holiday, the 25th. Joy to the World is a hymn. It was actually written 300 years ago. As of this year, in 1719, it was written by a man uh, named Isaac Watts, who was its author. And he wrote the hymn based on Psalm 98, which I'll read to you shortly. Little did Isaac Watts know, I say that like I'm on a first name, you know, basis with the man, that joy of the world would be translated into dozens of languages, that it would exceed and surpass far uh, many uh, other tunes and popularity. Um, what did he see in the psalm? What did he see in Psalm 98 that led to him composing this natural, or I should say, this. Uh, this unnaturally popular melody? What did he see in the psalm that served as this natural crescendo of momentum that we see in the, in the psalm? If you're unfamiliar, it's a musical term. It means getting louder. Um, let me read to you. Psalm 98, we'll see what he saw, because in Psalm 98, the seas roar, and the rivers clap their hands, and the hills sing, but why? Why do they do that? I'll read the entire chapter this morning from the New International Version. We'll stick with that, um, as I find the wording uh, along the lines of of Christmassy things, maybe a bit more nostalgic uh, in that translation. Verse 1 of Psalm 98, sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He's remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Maybe the most memorable Segment, shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth burst into jubilant song with music, make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord, the king. Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the rivers clap their hands. Let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the people with equity. In other words, he'll judge fairly. How many of you know God is a fair judge? He, he is, is much fairer than any of us could ever dream to be in judgment. Therefore, when we ask questions like, how can it be possible that millions of people would, would die and, and go to hell who've never heard the gospel and things like I used to ask, I was rightly confronted by in a very gentle way by a missionary who said, doesn't the, the, the way you ask that question presume that you are more fair than God? God is more fair than we could ever think of being. Amen? So he's going to get it right. He's going to get it right. He gets all things right. When we were kids... I have a sister who's seven years younger than myself. Uh, we would sing Christmas carols, I don't know about you, with with happiness and with gusto. Uh, now we've grown up. Some may say we've grown old. Uh, we see the world. You see the world probably too for what it really is. Uh, a dear friend in our church family or to our church family, Nate Hahn. Some of you may have remembered uh, Nate and Nicole Hahn. Um, just called me yesterday the night before last he was diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia leukemia. And I, I want to invite you to pray with the steer family. They moved to Green Bay two years ago. Um, he was the first they were the first family to adopt from within our congregation. Um, they have uh, Ava. And also, my mind is drawing a blank, Grayson, um, and beautiful children, and the next year of their lives, 2020, is going to be um, most difficult. And I just, I just want to invite you to pray. I also want to uh, use that to, to tell you this, you know, um, we, we think to ourselves as adults who've experienced this thing called life, can we even sing? joy to the world. How do how do we even utter those those words in, in times like this with, with with any amount of of authenticity? How can how can all the earth make a joyful noise? Why should the sea roar in gladness and and why ought we too break into song? Life is hard. And maybe that's you in this Christmas season. Uh, so here's why the earth should break out into song Christmas is that God became man and anything else including decor and anything else even including the, the, the most fond of times with family anything else is absolutely an add on christmas is that god who made man became man isn't that wild it's a wild thought so when we sing lyrics like joy to the world it's because joy came into the what the world and when we say the Lord is come, it's because the Lord is what? Come into the world as a human being. God added onto his divinity, humanity. So we call that the incarnation. Jesus, the, the, the deity, the substance of God, the son living among human beings. It's wild. And uh, the, the word incarnation I've shared with you before means literally meat. When you get chili con carne, uh, what does that mean? Chili with meat. And so the incarnation is God with meat or God with flesh. Uh, Colossians 2, 9 says, For in Christ all the fullness of the deity lives in what kind of form? Bodily form. Yep. So Jesus wasn't just another baby. The Christmas baby is God made man, which is incredibly peculiar. Verse 19 of Colossians 1. For in him, all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. This really gets complicated, but Jesus had all the fullness of God in his body. He would at times set aside his divine attributes on those occasions. He looked part particularly human. It was quite evident that Jesus wasn't just another baby, wasn't it? When he was born, think of the story. Have you thought about the, the oddities of his, of his birth? Wise men crossed borders of nations just to see this baby Jesus. Did that happen when, when you were born, Bob? Did did wise men cross borders to see your birth? Real angels came came down from heaven to announce the birth to shepherds. What about you, Pat? Did real angels come down from heaven to announce your birth? The biggest star, the biggest star in heaven... um, rested quite literally over the place, over the house where Jesus, the child, grew up. I don't know about you, but when a star is high in the sky, high in the sky... It's hard to tell exactly what residence the star is directly over as it pertains to the orientation of the earth. So the star must have been to be followed to a place very, very low in the sky, which means it would have been all that more bright, exceedingly stunning. And so this crazy experience, um, through it, the shepherds could, could not stop repeating, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace among those with whom he is pleased. And the amazing thing is that all who heard the shepherd's story we read in Luke 2, they marveled. They marveled with wonder. And, and you, you would have to be chock full of You'd, you'd have to be convinced of what you saw and heard to marvel with wonder. To tell a story that crazy is one thing, but to believe a story that crazy is an entirely different thing. And we get the impression that everybody who heard the shepherds' crazy story believed it. Um, you would think they'd have wanted to take, take the shepherds to the clinic, you're insane. What are you talking ab- uh, about? So God went from, from spirit to man, from God in heaven to be God with us. Um, Emmanuel, are you are you're you're out of your mind. And can we just acknowledge this morning that 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 this is a crazy story? It's wild. It's no wonder the earth roared. It's no wonder. That that creation was singing, the earth's maker was with her again and and so joy of the world, the Lord has come, let the earth, let earth receive her king. let every heart, every heart prepare him room and, and heaven and nature sing. Why should humanity? Sing. Because God, why should every heart prepare him room? Carve out room for God. Make him a priority. Set aside time. Set aside talent. Set aside treasure. Because God took the initiative. God saw that the world had blown up. God saw that suffering and pain reigned. God saw that sin ruled. And God loved us first. He always has the incarnation as proof that God loved us first. Man did not ascend toward God. Every other religion teaches that. Man ascends toward God. God, rather, descended down to man. That's what salvation always is. God descending to man. Man doesn't rise. God Stoops, God stoops, and he did that for you and he did that for me and, and and we serve a God who in every way humbles even himself. How could a God like God like the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob humble himself? Yet he did. He went out of his way so that we might enjoy him forever. God could ask you and I to become worms. And it still would not compare to the distance he humbled himself from heaven to earth. That's how great the distance between having the essence of God and having the essence of humankind really is. Um, There are far fewer socioeconomic classes to jump from man to earthworm than there are from God to man. It's remarkable what God did for people that he loves. It includes you. So let your heart prepare him room this Christmas. What else was in Isaac Watts' mind as he read Psalm 98 and penned his carol? This is what he writes. He comes to make, God comes to make his blessings flow far as the curse is found, far as the curse is found, far as, far as the curse is found. Isaac Watts knew that it wouldn't be easy to sing joy to the world in a broken world. So he acknowledged three times, that there's a curse. There's a curse. And you know what? He himself, um, I have read, was plagued with disease. His physical uh, condition grew to the point that he could not pastor any longer. Uh, He was rejected when he proposed to his bride-to-be. He did not have the success, young man, that you had last night. In hearing her, yes. Um, He was rejected. He was embarrassed. He was disheartened. Um, So how in the world does this guy write joy to the world? How does it happen? Maybe writing the hymn was his own way of preaching hope to himself. Every preacher will tell you they preach to themselves. You just happen to be sitting there. Okay? (laughs) Okay. So maybe that's the case. Um, let me put it this way: Maybe his fight was for his own ultimate joy. Maybe his his joy was fleeting, dissipating, hard to 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 grasp hard to latch on to. Maybe he was looking for a joy and wanted to write about a joy that would never waver, that didn't depend on circumstances, that wasn't something or related to something, but rather someone. So let me ask you this. How are you affected by the curse today? How is your world broken today? What are you plagued with this Christmas? Maybe it's... For you, too, cancer. Maybe it's someone in our congregation has uh, a, a daughter-in-law right now, too, plagued with cancer. Maybe it's the loss of a child. Maybe it's uh, financial hardship. Maybe it's unconfessed sin. Maybe your marriage is is on the brink. Um, I don't know what it might be. Maybe it's family strife. Maybe you're dreading the holidays. Um, Forget Isaac for a minute. Maybe your thought is, how can I sing Joy of the World? Not how can he write it, how can I sing it? And I'll tell you, you can sing it for the precise reason that he wrote it. And let me tell you why. Christmas is the very pronouncement. That Jesus Christ has the last word over the curse of sin. That's what Christmas is. Yes, this is a curse, but now there's a baby, and he's God become man, and and now there's hope, and now there's salvation, and now there's a curse free life eternal. Pain and sin will never have the last word for a human being who's believed in Jesus Christ. In Christ, our lives have the same crescendo as the psalm because for the believer, instead of life going downhill and six feet under our life absolutely goes uphill until we embrace the Savior bodily live literally in paradise heaven is heaven is a hard thing for us to imagine but I, I want to just try to help you conceptualize it by saying it's it's simply over simply it's like a book that never ends, and each chapter gets better than the one that came before it. That's going to be heaven. And and I'll tell you that um, I'm talking about heaven primarily for a few minutes, because as we read about Isaac Watts and the, and the way in which he composed this hymn... Um, For Isaac Watts, this hymn, not for us, but for him, it was about not the first coming of God, but the second coming of God. I'm going to wreck somebody's Christmas this morning. Joy of the World, you can read it. There's not a single reference to a crash, a character in the biblical birth story of the baby. Isaac Watts wrote the hymn, Joy of the World, to refer to, To the King of Glory coming down, not the first time, but the second time to take us to heaven to be with Jesus forever. It's what the hymn's about. The Bible says that one day the King will come back to earth a second time. The hope of heaven is true for you, it's true for me, it's true for all who believe. And here's what we read in Revelation 21, verses 2 through 4. John writes, From the island of Patmos, I saw the whole city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be His people, and God Himself will be with them as their God, and He will wipe every tear from their eyes, including the one, the ones that Nathan cried on the phone yesterday with Shannon and I, including whatever tear you cry in this painful life for whatever reason imaginable he will wipe how how good news it is that one day our creator will wipe every tear from our eye isn't it a noble beautiful thing as a parent to just wipe away a tear from the eye of a child isn't it just amazing that's what our father is going to do for us He'll wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain any more, for the former things have passed away. Heaven will be beautiful. You know how hard a bride prepares for her wedding day. I know this because my sister just sent Nora's dress five months in advance to try on. Like they 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 work hard at this stuff. Right? It's months of preparation. Can you imagine how great heaven is going to be when Jesus the groom has been preparing for ages? Can you imagine? There's, there, there's going to be no hatred. There's going to be no jealousy. There's going to be no greed. There's going to be no rivalries. There's going to be no division. No Edgar and Strafford won't even have beef in heaven. No sickness, no debt, no war, no racism, no funerals, no mass shootings, no physical pain, no stomach flus, no elections. Amen? How is it all possible? It's possible because the Savior came down. And the cool thing is that the environment of heaven, which is what Isaac Watts is alluding to, is no comparison to the God that will be there. If you are excited for heaven because of any of the reasons I just mentioned, you're excited for the wrong big reason. And that's that we're going to be in the presence of God in which we will always have peace not an ounce of anxiety. And so this is why, even in the middle of suffering, we can sing with gusto, joy to the world. Check out this clip.
1: My mama told me something when I was growing up that has forever changed my life. She played the piano at our little church at 3rd and Pine Street for 37 years. She tried to teach me to play the piano, (laughs) but I wasn't very good. She would teach me the names of the notes, what a major key is, what a minor key is. She tried to teach me musical theory, but I was just bored. Then, one day, she told me that the best news in the world is found by playing a simple scale on the piano. I had no idea what she meant, so she told me to play an eight-note scale. So I did. I said, how is that good news? And she said, I played it incorrectly and that I needed to play it the other way. So I did. Again, I said, how is that good news? And she said, I played it the right way, but I needed to add the pauses. The pauses? She said, the pauses, add them on the first, second, four, six, seventh, and last note. Now, I was frustrated and said, how can eight notes with random pauses be the best news in the world? Then I got up, walked away, and went outside. Frankly, I didn't care what she was talking about. I didn't like playing the piano anyway. Well, years later, my mama got sick and passed away. As I was thinking about her, I remembered what she told me about the piano. Not only that, I still remember the notes she told me to pause. The first, second, fourth, sixth, seventh, and last note. So I sat down at her piano and played the scale with the pauses. realized the good news she was talking about.
0: So, Father, we thank you today for the good news that joy has come into the world in the form of a baby, and that the joy is entirely otherworldly in the sense that it's not connected to our circumstances. It's not connected to our pain. It's not connected to our hardship. It's connected to the truth that you died for us so that we might be born again and live forever with you in glory. And for that, we're thankful. I pray, Lord, for the Hans this morning. I thank you that they were given an optimistic outlook due to Nate's Age. And I just pray that you would help his body to fight this cancer. We lift up Lord Linda's daughter-in-law. God, that you would be with her. Give she and Darren strength. We pray, Lord, for everyone in our congregation. We don't know until we ask. Whoever here is dealing with loss of a loved one, loss of a child, financial hardship, depression, anxiety, maybe even suicidal thoughts, addiction, sin. Lord, I just pray that you would be Emmanuel to us this season, that you'd be God truly with us. You identify, you've been here, you've done it. Lord, you sympathize with us in our weaknesses And Lord, I pray that with that confidence, we might know that we can make it through anything. In Jesus' name, amen.